0: Welcome to the Pick Truth Podcast, where we read confessions that people send us or that we find online and rate them based on their level of heat.
1: A truth can range from a bell pepper to a Carolina Reaper.
0: Let's get started. Welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Vicky Harris. I'm here with my co-host, Lamont Hearn Jr. And we're here to bring the heat. We missed you all. It's been uh, a minute. Yeah, I'm excited. We we did the bonus episode a couple of weeks back, but uh to be back in the full-fledged things and and in the midst of doing some retooling of the show. Uh, I'm just excited. You so guys, we were recording earlier and we were, you know, did a playback. We were so excited, we sounded like chipmunks. It was like <laughs> we both looked at each other like, Oh, this must be something wrong with the recording.
1: <laughs> yeah, you had to pull it back up, and even I, yeah, it was just super fast. It made me think of you remember, uh, years ago, people were redoing like when the chipmunks live action movies came out, mm-hmm. and people were taking songs and they were chipmunking them. That's what it reminded me of. It,
0: it, it was so it, that that's just, just let you all know how hype we are and excited. So, Lamont. It's been a it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, What have you been up to?
1: Just living, getting the kids through their, you know, extra extracurricular activities and experiencing life, just growing and running through ideas for the show and just, you know, being excited to be back. How about yourself?
0: Working. So I start a new role. I'm gonna be the H B I C <laughs>
1: Been that, but I respect it even further. I'm
0: excited about that. It's a great upper leadership, senior leadership position. So very excited about that. That's been going on. It's been difficult uh, because over the last couple of weeks, I've been transitioning my current role to Mm -hmm. the new role. So there have been days that I've been doing wearing two hats. I mean, they're so glad to be having a new director in place and they have not hesitated to give me things. So Mm -hmm. I am excited about that. The boys... Our extracurricular nightmares, um, (laughs) Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, Mm. That's our extracurricular days. Mm. Well, Monday, Tuesday, every other Thursday. Okay. And Sundays. Mm. But it's only for a short time. I keep thinking about it. We're exposing them to different things. They get an opportunity to see what they like and what they don't like. True. We're going to have them until they get to high school. If they want to commit, they can commit for a season or a year for each of the things they want to do. Once they get to high school, we're going to require them to do two years. Of that item, whatever it is they choose and they can choose whatever they want, but you have to do two years of it. And it's just for uh, that book, Grit by Angela Duckworth. Mm -hmm. It's a very good read. It's a talk about people, the difference between people who are gritty and not. It talks about uh, how do you build gritty children Mm -hmm. and oftentimes you know it is just these small acts of having them see what they're working on is bigger than themselves Mm. you know you're practicing because you're practicing piano right now because one day you could get so good you can move someone's soul and make them feel better about themselves just because you've practiced and played music and so when I told my little that he was are you serious yeah yeah Absolutely If you keep practicing You can play music In such a way It will make Everyone who hears it happy Yeah And You can dance in such a way And you can play sports In such a way And the funny thing is When you look at it of uh, I'm trying to be a Good citizens mm-hmm. So hopefully I- I'm one of those moms I'm extra And I-, I know it is because I didn't have an extra childhood. Right. Um, but I also don't want to put them in a position where they're entitled, ungrateful, and not workers. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's ex- exposure to things and commitment to things, even when it's hard, but finding what's bigger, mm-hmm. uh, finding a purpose in it right. that will drive you when you don't want to dance or you don't want to practice or you don't want to get up early in the morning to exercise. So. Yeah.
1: See beyond yourself. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Most definitely. I like that.
0: So that's, that's what's been going on here. And, and me and the hubs are working on our marriage. We are trying to re-be friends. Hmm. For the last six years, you know, we've had these two littles that have intruded upon our space. Hmm. And so now he's done with school. I'm done with school. The kids are a lot more mature. We can find more opportunities for us to build our relationship, our friendship Back, right? Because it it, it has just been a, a Groundhog Day. I said that for Groundhog Day. For those that don't get that reference, there's a movie where a guy revisits the same day over and over and over again. In the beginning, he tries to kill himself every kill himself a thousand different ways, and then he embraces it and becomes like this. Uh, uh, I guess gluttonous kind of man. I mean, mm-hmm. he's robbing banks and having one night stands, and then he continues to embrace it. And he masters the piano. He becomes an ice sculptress. He helps old ladies with their uh, Yeah. because the same thing keeps happening every day at the same time. And I finally decided to get off the ground hall, get off a ground hall day, get off this, this wheel. And the only way to do that was just to simply recognize I was on it. Yeah. Like we we get up, go to work, come home, eat dinner, repeat. Uh, we did not allow for different things because we just didn't have time. Yeah. So anyway, so that's a long, long, long winded thing. That's what we've been doing for the last month and why we needed to retool and take a, a short hiatus.
1: I like it. I like it. I think that's I think that's a good thing. I mean, personally, I think my wife and I are doing the same. We're just going through the processes of trying to figure out what we are supposed to have together rather than, only what we have as a foursome in our family and it like you said it takes a lot because you do kind of get lost in the rigmarole of the day and you know i'm glad to see that we're working on it i'm glad to hear you all are working on it you know especially being couples that are around each other it's good to know that the couples you're around are also trying to work on healthy solutions to keep things moving along so yeah i rock
0: with it and then when you start changing your mindset of he did this it, it wasn't about me Right, he left the toothpaste. It's me, <laughs> baby. I left the tooth, uh, the top off the toothpaste again. It, it wasn't about you. I'm lazy, like I'm just don't feel like put it on there, or it's you know it, it doesn't matter. Right, it, right, it's, right. It's, it, I could go off on a tangent, but I digress. So let's talk about the new retooling of the show. Absolutely, we want to be sensitive to our our uh, our listeners, um, <laughs> but we also want to. Add value to people. You know, yeah. it, this is more than just some like like uh, sensationalizing people's truths. Yeah, yeah. But OK, what can we get from these truths?
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We want to make changes. Um, we've been discussing and going back and forth on many ideas, whether or not the uh, for truth format and I'm just going to be completely transparent with everyone, the uh, four truth format that we do and we've decided that after doing our special episode we got a lot of feedback from people that they kind of enjoyed how we kind of dug deeper into the conversation and for about the next 10 episodes we want to kind of shift how we're going to do this uh, we just want your honest feedback if you're enjoying it and you like it let us know if you don't that works too this is our show but it's not just for us it's for you as well so just let us know what you think
0: yeah. And then give us your opinions. Uh, we really want to hear when people disagree with the way that we think. For me, it just gives me another lens that I, yeah. I don't get to see. Discourse is good. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. So, so this week we have two truths. I mean, I know, I know. Bring it in. We love you. I I know. You'll be able to survive. Go listen listen to some past episodes. Get that true feeling in. Yeah, yeah. Go to Patreon. We might have a couple episodes there. But nonetheless, this first truth is called, I'm insanely jealous of my husband's relationship with our kids. My husband, 51, and I, 48, got married two years ago, and I've been so happy. He's truly the best thing in my life along with our kids. He has two boys, ages 12 and 17, who live full-time with their mom. I have a son, 18, who still lives at home, and a daughter, 22, who lives on her own. The problem is that when I see how good he is with the kids, it reminds me of all the things I'm not. The boys are always glued to his side, not just his kids, but my son too. They do so much together. They fish, they jog, they watch sports. They talk about anything and everything under under the sun. I don't know if they've ever had a cross word with each other. The other day, I watched with jealous eyes as my son went to his stepdad for a hug completely out of the blue. With my daughter, he goes out of his way to help her any way he can. Recently, he found out she was taking her car to the dealership to have a fuse change and drove to her place to change it for her. While he was there, he vacuumed out her car to the gas station to fill up the tank. Aside from that, he's always making sure she has money, food, whatever. I want her to be whole too, but I'm the type to wait for her to tell me she needs some help. He's always protective and it makes me feel like I'm not a good mom. The truth is, my kids and I don't have the kind of closeness that they have with him. We're affectionate from time to time, but with my hubby, hugs and affection for kids seems to be the rule, not the exception. If I'm honest, it makes me feel like the worst mom in the world. I just don't do well with hugs and I love you all the time, but it's almost second nature to my husband. I'm especially starting to resent his disparity in how close my son is with his stepdad compared to how close he is with me. And I don't know what to do about it. That's a lot.
1: Yeah, that's that's a lot. Okay, so my my first thought with this is sometimes we, it's, it's the uh, grass is greener on the other side type view where you're not really looking at your own yard. I think for me, the part that struck me first was she's looking at how they interact versus how she may interact, but I think she may not be giving herself enough credit. I think sometimes what we tend to do is we look at how other people are with each other and either envy the rapport that they seem to have, but we dismiss what we might have with someone. And um, that makes me think, uh, we were talking earlier and I mentioned that we were driving through Cherokee Park and we saw these really nice houses, right? These really outstanding
0: houses. So Cherokee Park is an area here in Louisville, Kentucky that has, those homes have to be uh, over 100 years old. They're massive. Kentucky had a huge, Louisville, Kentucky specifically has a huge Catholic population. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there were huge homes on Mm -hmm. the parkway. It's really, really nice, a very safe neighborhood. It's lush and green with trees that have to be at least a century old.
1: Absolutely. So just
0: give you a, a, a little bit of a, a tapestry to imagine what it is that he,
1: he absolutely said. and I appreciate that absolutely I couldn't have said that better nowhere near <laughs> but um we were looking and it made me think we were we were out to dinner earlier and we saw a gentleman who appeared to be homeless he was sleeping with a blanket and he was covered up as we were we were leaving and we were going through Cherokee Park I noticed I was looking at the house and I was like these are beautiful these are amazing I didn't feel envious though. And I think part of it is, as I was talking with my wife about it, is I realized, I said, even though I can like these houses, I'm not envious of it, but I do sometimes think we tend to put these blinders on for what we do have for the things that we don't. For that example of the houses, it was like, yeah, these houses are huge, but I have a home. We don't worry about our bills. We're able to take trips. We all took our kids to Disney earlier this year and, you know, we're good. But I I just saw a gentleman who was laying on the ground with a blanket. I could only assume that if he were to have those opportunities and those things, that he wouldn't be laying on the street. So it made me think of it like maybe she's looking at it from the point of view that maybe she needs to kind of look more towards what she actually does provide Mm -hmm. in the context of our relationship with her kids. Because what he's doing is just how he is. His, his like she said, for him, hugs and love yous is the norm for him. So it could be that that's just, his way of showing his love and hers could be, you know, making sure that they're fed, um, making sure that she does the things that she's naturally equipped to do, and whatever that may be. If it's fixing the roof, even just whatever it may be, sometimes we have to get more aware of where we're actually enough. Mm. So,
0: so what would you rate it?
1: I think because I'm getting to this place now where I'm not as judgmental. It's going to be harder for me to give reapers this season, because I guess I'm in a different place mentally and understanding that I need to give people grace and especially with topics like this. Uh, so for me, I would say that this is a poblano, uh, because it could irritate others because they may not like the fact that you're so envious of your husband. Uh, but for me, I I, I'm not, I'm not that upset with her. I I just want her to maybe kind of change how she's viewing it and really see that it's a bonus and a benefit that he's the way he is. And while they may interact with him that way, they may know that you're not the lovey-dovey type. So why would you want them to put something on you that's just gonna make you uncomfortable anyway? Whereas they're showing you love the same way you appear to want it. And if you don't only want it that way, you might need to open it up because as we were talking earlier, they don't have that contract with you, so they may need that information.
0: Mm-hmm. I see this in two different lenses. Mm-hmm. When you kind of just read it, I'm jealous of my husband's relationship with my kids. Honestly, my instant reaction was trash. You're, you, who, who gets jealous of their relationship, somebody's relationship with their kids? Like, especially if it's not a hurtful, abuseful, whatever, you know? right? Right? Like, oh, because he they got a good relationship. You jealous? Like, my initial thought is. Uh, I'm a human being, it's probably negative. I'm just being honest. Like, my initial thought is you out here just yourself, it, it, like, just negative talk. I'm just mm-hmm. being honest. Cause that's, you know, I'm sometimes I look at people and judge them hard. Right. I may not treat you differently, but I, I judge you hard. So, with that being said, if I look at it just on the surface level, just y- what she is saying, it sounds selfish. It sounds like, You don't want your children taking that attention away from you a little bit. Mm. Um, It sounds like, and and I could be wrong because, you know, I see what you said with your daughter, with your daughter, you, you just come to me when you need something, but it looks like the way that he shows his love is through time and acts of, uh, acts Acts of of service, acts of service. Mm -hmm. And so the way you treat people and how you make them feel is, is what you get back. Mm -hmm. So if you went jogging and fishing and watched sports with your son, he'd be more likely to hug you randomly. Or or if you decide, and and like, you know, I I used to date a guy who, his love language was my car. Had no idea. Mm. I was in my 20s. He'd be like, I'm gonna get your car for you. He'd get my car, he'd clean it out, detail it, wax it. I never appreciated it. Not one time. Because it wasn't uh, important to me. A car can go six seasons and be like, oh, I got to wash it? Like, I think the dirt dirt is holding it together. Like, I don't care. (laughs) Now I see that that was his way to express his love. And for her, it is honing in on what it is that you do to express your love. Right. And being comfortable with that. Uh, Another part of me thinks, you know, You see, I I don't know what their relationship is with their father. It wasn't wasn't mentioned, but he's, her son is 18 years old. They've been to get married two years. So I imagine it, maybe I'll give you a year before. So if if nothing else, he's been in his life since he's 15. I I just made that all up and it's a total assumption. But if you're a 15 year old, And this is a level of relationship you have with your stepfather. It kind of makes me think you don't have it with your biological father.
1: Oh, yeah. That's something you can infer for sure.
0: And if that's the case, could you imagine that a man comes into your life who loves your mom, who loves his kids, that loves you and your sister to the point where he brings you in? we, We do things together. Yeah. I could imagine sitting there and looking at him like, I didn't have a father or I didn't have this. Yeah. I am appreciative in the moment. I'm going to give him a hug because the it sounds like the stepfather would be reciprocal of the hug, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily sound like the mom would be. Right. So that's that first glance of uh, I would rate it a jalapeno. Okay. I'm giving you the side eye. I'm getting you to side out because there are so many other ways that you could use your energy to your point, working on your relationship with them. And you're so good in your relationship and with your children and with his children that you can't even see what's going on with them. So that's the gut. Mm -hmm. But to your point, after reading, guys, imagine we've had 25 shows. We have uh, approximately four episodes, four truths per show. That's already a hundred, mm-hmm. but there are hundreds of more truths that we do not air, mm-hmm. that we read through, that we that we talk to our friends about, that we talk to our family about. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I, I would not. We probably tweeted two of us five hundred truths. Yeah, easy, easy, easy. I am becoming softer because instead of so that gut response get get off your dry it up suck it up go the other side of this coin would be you know you're enough right mm. you know that the fact that you were able to find a spouse that you love that loves you that loves his children loves your children that it doesn't seem like there's anything hinky going on and at least in the moment you are happy and you are safe and you are secure you're enough don't look for reasons to be unhappy. Don't find a flaw where there is none. Mm-hmm. Don't create a space between you and your husband where it's back up off my kids because I want a relationship with them. They're adults. Your children are adults. And I don't know what that feels like yet. I got a long, long time. I, I've heard my the wisdom of the, of my family members is saying that when they become adults, it does get harder Because you can control them when you're kids, but at that adult age, you you still care. You worry about them, but, but they have to make their own decisions. You have to believe that what you've established is, is strong enough, be enough, be comfortable with being enough, be comfortable with, and then I don't know if you're having these conversations with your husband or what type of relationship that you all have, but you should be in a space where you should be able to sit down and tell him, I think I have some jealous feelings. What can I do to work on this? Yeah. So we don't have any girls. We, um, I guess it was two, three years ago, decided we were, uh, we have completed our family and we were going to adopt. And specifically, we were going to adopt a daughter. I started mentally, well, when I got pregnant with my my first, we're, we're, he'll be seven and <laughs> next year. Wow. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it's crazy. I had to mentally prepare myself. If we had a daughter, we all know that they would be a daddy's girl because my husband is a doter and he will he will take care of. And I have not called anyone daddy other than my my father-in-law, who's now passed. This is the first person really that I called dad and that I actually meant it. I recognize that at a childish, immature, sophomoric level, I could absolutely be jealous that my child has a daddy. Sometimes I could get jealous like, Yo, I didn't have this as a kid. So I recognize that you're a human being, that you have feelings, and and all the gunk that we have from our our, our childhood, our universe, mm-hmm. it still sticks with us. Yeah. So you being a little bit jealous, and, and you don't know what her childhood was like.
1: Absolutely. And There's how, a lot of context we don't have.
0: Like her mother, her mom, and dad were different people. One gave love when, you know... Love was a reward or was withheld from you if you didn't do something I like. Mm-hmm. And so maybe she's feeling this amalgamation of feelings. Of, yeah. They're not giving it to me. They're, they're keeping their love away from me. And that's what happened to me as a kid. Or that's what happened to me in my previous relationships. Mm-hmm. That's, it's just a mess. Yeah. So you're enough. Yeah, You don't have to compare your relationships with others. Your relationship, the rela- I have different relationships with everyone my relationship with you is completely different than my relationship with your wife Mm -hmm. and my relationship with you. We have a third party is completely different than our, your wife's best friend. Mm -hmm. We have a relationship and you and her have a relationship. It's Mm -hmm. all different. But if if I looked at your relationship with your wife Mm -hmm. and got jealous because you do things differently, you do things better, that'd be okay. Maybe that's weird because y'all married. No, no, no. Sense, it's, it's
1: no, no. It still fits because we're we're friends. Like me, my wife and I are still friends, right? Or yes. m-
0: marriages. If I look at you and your wife and you all's marriage, mm-hmm. and I start to compare my marriage to your marriage, absolutely makes no sense. Yeah, like I'm jealous because y'all y'all got fancy cars. I'm just making it right, up. right. Well, uh, you know. I don't. Maybe I can't fit in that fancy car, or maybe my insurance is too high for that fancy car, or it's not what we need. Yeah. Or you and her go on these exotic vacations, and me out, we're here and going to Chuck e Cheese for no reason. It happens. Yeah. But I can't be if I'm focusing on my relationship and I'm focusing on my home. I don't have enough energy to give to you to be jealous. I Agree. I, don't, I, I just don't.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I think that's poignant. I mean, when when you said it it made me even think about it that way is admittedly so I think it's the same concept and I and I'll even be transparent I've had to deal with that in not really understanding how certain relationships are with certain people. Over the years I've just tried to come to the conclusion that I can't judge what I'm doing off of other people. You know, we've talked about in the group before. I am the only person out of our group who does not have their college degree. And at first it ate at me. It really did. It, it beat. I, feel, I beat myself up about it. It felt so weird because I was walking around and associating with a bunch of people who are college educated and I'm not. Well, not completely, but neither here nor there. But it was funny because as we're sitting there talking, I go, I don't feel like I'm being outclassed, but I had to remind myself that I'm speaking to people who I can speak to them on their level, not necessarily to whatever they're educated in, but we can have important conversations. And I don't feel like a dunce while I'm sitting there. I'm able to talk. We're able to have communications. And I don't have to worry about the whole position of going, well, because you all weren't judging me. I was judging me. I was the one holding it. Then I had to think about it. And it made me think of something you said after you got your doctorate, you kind of talked about it. And your first thought was, well, what now? And it became a thing where I remember while you were going through it, it was heavy. And when you got there, you started thinking of what now? So it's like you weren't even sitting in the moment of achievement. You were so busy trying to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And it it makes me think of people who play sports. If you go for a whole season, we're all in a fantasy draft league. If you go through and we're watching games and we're looking at the scores, it, it was fun to do the draft. But once you get to the end, the championship game happens- it's over. That's it. So everything you work for, all the time you put in, where we were looking up the stuff, it's over. The whole idea of it is, well, try to embrace and enjoy what you have in the moment, rather than being so obsessed with what someone else may have or what's next. So I, I, I like it. I like what you said. I, I think it
0: works very well. Yeah. So split second. Yeah, I will go with the jalapeno. Okay. After marinating it and looking at it, I agree with the poblano. I could see that it could irritate others. I could see that it could irritate her husband. Right. Like, yo, I'm out here trying to live my best life, making sure that no scallywags. Come- if he ain't doing this, daughter, you keep moving. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm setting these high standards and I'm developing these relationships. And yo, that's irritating. Because again, we don't know him. We don't know if he could take that and like, yo, that's disappointing. Or if he can take it like, baby, there's no reason for you to be jealous. The reason why I love them so much is because I love you. Now go get me some coffee. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So Easy. what uh, what do you got today?
1: All right. So this one's going to be short and sweet. I'm afraid of getting rid of my depression because then I won't have anything to blame for my failures.
0: Mm. Mm. That was short and deep. You're afraid to remove your depression. Because you don't want something... You don't want to... Let's do it again for me.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid of getting rid of my depression because then I won't have anything to blame for my failures. I won't have
0: anything to blame for my failures. Mm-hmm. Wow. You won't have anything to blame for your failures. sad. No, yeah. It's sad because, you know, I don't wish depression on anyone. I know. And there's so many different complexities to depression. And I'm not even remotely equipped to even discuss them other than what I've experienced. The funny thing is you're, if this sounds mean, it's not your depression that's the failure. It's you made a decision that you didn't want to do something and it's okay that you don't want to do it. Yeah. Now there are consequences to every action you pay for everything. So last night, kid you not, I uh, got home real late after one. Stayed up a little bit because I had I was wound up. I'm um, when I'm an extrovert, I have to be able to calm down get, in order to uh, get to sleep. So I'm sitting watching watching my show, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Dude, if you don't watch that, go to Hulu. Start at episode <laughs> one. It's just irreverent humor. Like and I, last night I was crying laughing at an episode about the Liberty Bell. Like it's just foolishness, all the way foolishness. But anyway, I was eating a snack. It was wrapped up in full and I had stayed down there until I dozed off. I'm like, all right, let me go to bed. I didn't think I didn't. I remember having the snack. It was wrapped up in a little aluminum foil. I'll just get it in the morning. No, no big deal. I come down here this morning. It is torn to shreds everywhere. Our dog is torn. I'm like, first of all, I'm concerned that he's eating aluminum foil, like dang it. And so, and then I have the other dog with me, the puppy who will eat anything. Like I, keep your pens and pencils away from him. And so I'm getting him outside. I'm now cleaning up all this foil. And I thought to myself, seriously, kid you not this morning, I could have used the energy to do the right thing the first time,
1: Mm.
0: I'm gonna expend the extra energy doing it the second time.
1: Mm.
0: How this all relates back to your depression and blaming your failures, even through depression, it is difficult. Sometimes it's hard to shower. On my board here, I have the question, did you shower today? Because that's my indicator. That's me knowing that I'm on a slippery slope of depression. If multiple days have gone by, have you showered? Are you taking your medication? And yes, I am on medication. But your failures are just learning opportunities. And it sounds so cliche, but if you blame your depression that you're not moving forward It's not your depression. It's you. But if you could be honest with yourself and say, I didn't want to go to class. I didn't want it. I didn't want a degree that much. It's okay. I didn't want this job that much. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I didn't want the house that much. Because what I'd rather do is play video games and eat eat Mm ho-hos. That's what I wanted. Well, do you. Yeah. But. Don't blame your depression that you're not taking the opportunity to learn from things that don't work out the way that you want to. Everybody fails at something. When you first started walking, I likely, I highly doubt you got up was like, "Yo, mom, let's roll. let's do it." You walked and fell You walked and fell and then eventually, prayerfully, if you're able-bodied, you can still walk today. But the same thing is about feeding yourself, and the same thing is about combing your hair. So yeah things may not be perfect but at the end of the day it's not the depression it's you but I could be someone could be listening to me like this is dead wrong you're saying the wrong things this might has depression I don't know this is what worked for me and my depression first you know what we're gonna say go get some help go find someone to talk to go, you know I'm I'm on anti- what is it antidepressants mm-hmm. yeah just to kind of mellow my mood out. I'm not even a high dose it's just 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 enough to take the edge off mm-hmm. but go go talk to a doctor go talk to someone and if you can't because then we have to people can't afford it mm-hmm. not being able to afford mental health is a, is a problem absolutely we should have medical treatment just free mental health should be right on there so i i won't even get on that so i don't know so
1: so what how, did you rate it
0: How would I rate this? It is, it's a a bell pepper. You're blaming your depression. You're probably not a failure. You're doing the best you can do with what you have. You were only equipped with so many tools. Sometimes you need a hammer and all you got is a screwdriver and it's not going to work. And you've got to go get a screwdriver or go get a hammer. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's through professional help. Sometimes it's if you can't afford it and you got the internet, it might be reading. It might be listening to this podcast for and uh, hearing us tell you, you are normal. Mm-hmm. You're not a failure. Mm-hmm. People fall all the time. Oh my gosh, y'all. I'm a, I am am a, a what's it called? A serial entrepreneur. Serial. And you ain't never heard of none of my stuff. <laughs> and I don't care. Now my friends and family have, I swear, and no one's asking me what's next. They're like, okay, what are you doing now? Because I'm going to keep going until I figure out where my niche is. And what works for me and what what sparks my passion. And I'm cool with anyone who has the, a problem with like, okay, now you're doing this? Weren't you just doing that last two years ago? I was. I absolutely will. And it has no, I, did I borrow money from you? <laughs> Do I owe you any money? Mm. No? Then so be it. So you are enough. I am sorry you're going through depression, but hopefully you use your failures to win but also, if you don't have the energy to take your failure and turn it around, it's okay. Go bed. Mm. It's okay. Sometimes we don't. Everyone cannot white knuckle it for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. If everything you're doing is a, a uphill effort, that is exhausting. Yeah. Exha- so, you're a bell pepper. Well, I will give your truth to bell pepper. You're not the only one. I wouldn't fully blame your depression. But take your shower, take a nap, eat you some food. Do what you need to do for yourself to feel better. Don't wallow in it if you can. And don't take my advice. I'm not a medical professional. This is what worked for me. I went to therapy. I went to an intensive outpatient program and I was in there five hours a day, five days a week plus homework for four straight months. I understand what depression is. I understand how limiting it could be, but most people can't afford to do what I did. Most people can't don't have access to the resources that I had access to, and I'm a person of color. Statistically, I what we paid for that most people of color probably couldn't even remotely pay for. And again, this is five days a week. I still had to go to work. We still had to bring home money. So anyway, I feel like I'm drolling on.
1: No, I think you. I think you said something um, that kind of made me want to jump off of it anyway. So in reading what the person said that they're afraid of getting rid of their depression because then they wouldn't have anything to blame their failures on. I started to think of it like this. You're probably not failing as much as you think you are. It's easier when you do have depression or you feel insecure about something to assume that more things are failures that are just like you said, normal or not even a failure, you actually succeeded because you may have learned something from it. That's the bigger point. And when you mentioned being a serial entrepreneur, and as one of those friends, I've seen you do multiple businesses. This is one of them that, that we're doing right now. And for me to see you do all those and then still jump into a business with you, I don't. I never looked at it from the point of view to be like, well, she's just doing stuff to be doing. It. I was like, no, she's trying to find out what's what. Which I think is dope Because a lot of people don't And as a person who Dealt with a lot of Insecurities about things I did Just like I mentioned With uh, not having a degree thing I racked my brain Trying to figure out Was I failing at Some of the things I thought I failed at But then when I looked at it And got introspective I said well wait I've never been arrested (laughs) Um, I don't have multiple uh, Children with multiple women Not saying that other people who do I'm just speaking for myself. And there's a lot of things that you would consider criminal. I've just never done or bad things. And I said, well, instead of beating myself up for the things that I haven't achieved, just like the last uh, confession, I just looked at it and said, no, this is you internalizing it and beating yourself up and making yourself feel like you're defeated when you're not because you've learned from some of these things. And even some of the things from my childhood, like you mentioned, uh, dealing with yours, there's things that we saw as kids that other people just couldn't imagine But instead of taking those in and then repeating them, we tried to do the opposite. I won't say that we always succeeded at it. But I think for this person, like you said, um, therapy is really important. And it doesn't necessarily always end up the same way where you go to a doctor and get it because like you said, financial reasons or whatever else may be holding you back from it. But even if it's just being able to go on a message board and let it out, or listening to our show, or listening to anyone's show, or being able to just talk to someone, um, maybe even music or you know playing an instrument, whatever it may be, as long as it's not harming someone else or something else. Because as you know, in this show, we talk about not hurting animals. <laughs> leave leave the leave the hamsters alone. Right. <sighs> Poor hamsters. But I, I think it's important. To not necessarily take everything that tends to not go right as a loss. Mm. A lot of times it's just a lesson. So, you know, I, I think for, as far as this person goes, I'm, from what I even seen, I did see an edit on it as well that they thanked a lot of people for talking about it. And they said they hope anyone else who's dealing with depression can get help with it. I think it's just sometimes like the first story changing your perspective and just seeing it as this didn't work. Let me go and try this. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's so many people who are white knuckling it in life since the beginning, like from being kids. And they only learn how to live that way. And the idea that you stop and go, well, wait a minute, I can just be enough in this moment as a person who is sitting on my couch eating the hoes, like you said. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Am I affecting anyone else? Am I doing this to a point that it's unhealthy? Those are the times where you need to get in, you know, maybe think about it more. But if you're eating a ho and you're sitting down for a moment because you've had a long day, you're fine, Mm -hmm. you're fine. It's not, it's not the one. It's when you've hid the box underneath the couch and all the wrappers are spread out everywhere and you don't even know what day it is. Like you said, have you showered? This has been a whole week and you ain't showered, but you've made sure you made to the store to buy hoes. Okay,
0: mm, maybe. You might you <laughs> might want to see a therapist. Like, we can play a game. You might want to see, <laughs> see a, a therapist, therapist yeah. if.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's when I think it gets to a point. Yeah, if you haven't combed your hair in six months, you might want to see a therapist.
1: Right. If you got, like, just naturally started locks just because the hair just matted that way and it wasn't intentional. You might want to see a you therapist. You might want to see a therapist. Like, if
0: you wake up with ho-ho stuck to the side of your face.
1: <laughs> Not the ho whole- not the ho-ho-ho. Yeah, like the ho-ho.
0: The ho-ho-ho is right here. <laughs> the ho-ho-ho is right here on the side of your face. I now get to just let it roll. But, God, well, first, what would you rate it? I, oh, rate no,
1: it? I agree with you. It's a bell pepper. I don't I don't take this as a situation that is out of the norm. Um, I think a lot of people uh, create these moments in their head where they go... If I don't have this to lean on as why I'm not here, then I'll keep beating myself up. But people do it even to achieve. They'll go, well, I keep trying to get something else because I never had this as a kid. And it's like, well, sometimes you got to really step back and go, no, I am enough. I've, I've done enough for this moment. And even if you decide that this moment is the next 50 years, that's OK. Mm-hmm. But you need to set it for yourself. We have to quit letting the societal pressures make us do things we don't want to do. I mean, buying houses, we've we've had these conversations as homeowners. We've talked about this as, oh man, well, I wanted to buy the house with the big yard or the upstairs and down. And then we go, well, wait a minute. Now that I look back at it, I don't know if I needed it. It felt good in the moment. But then once I had it, it was like, all right, now what? Now I got more space to clean. Now I got more grass to cut. And I'm still not using it because I'm still it's just me and my, my crew. It's still my set and we're not those people. So.
0: Yeah. You had three, there's three points. One that you said, and I want to piggyback on white knuckling for those that never heard that term before I'm I'm a person of color, but (laughs) if you uh, ball up your fist and really, really tight and the, the amount of force that you have is called like white knuckling it. And like, it's a, Tight fist, and that's how you're moving through life. You are tight fisted and struggling. Intense, it's that, and, 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 yeah. Good, good word. Mm. That's white knuckling. Just for people like, what is white knuckling? I'm sure it's going to be an urban dictionary, <laughs> but it's probably going to be inappropriate. White knuckling might be some sex thing, oh, but Lord. when we say it, it means just, just. It's not even grit. Yeah. It is pushing. It is that tension that you have, that constant uphill, pushing the boulder uphill kind of feeling. So that's why you're not going. Next uh, thing you said, it's so funny with your degree. We don't care. It's never a topic of conversation. Yeah, we, we talk about, you know. My husband and I have a doctorate. There's a few of our friends that have doctorates. But no one is sitting around like, you know, like, oh, look at this. Look at this. Look at this degree right here. I right, got right, four. Right. I got four. Who got five? Who got five? I got, <laughs> I got a pit. master, master, master. I got a master. <laughs> guy, got... You know, like no one is doing right. that because we just don't right, care. Right. Yeah. And I think that there is a, there is elitism. So, like, I have I'm I'm a doctorate. There's even, there's elitism at this level. It's, is it Ivy League? Is it a research level one, two? Is it online? I mean, like, you know, there's so many different segmentations and people have set up these agreements and these rules about what it means if you go here, here, here. M- my point in bringing it up is that, like, typically no one cares. It, let me say that some people do care. Some people, mm-hmm. this is extremely important. For me and my social circle, it's just not. Your ability to be a decent human being, that's what's important. You know, yes, it's nice that you can carry on a conversation and, like, you know, we are not like what he said. Like, I don't understand any of Lamont's Ebonics. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, here he goes again. Like, sound like mush mouth. You know what deep.
1: Right, right.
0: It's not this extreme obstre- uh, absurdity. Mm hmm. But yeah, but what tends to happen with people, you focus on this blemish that we can't even see.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, none of us walk around literally with a plaque that says, how many degrees I got? I got, I see your one degree and raise you two. Like, you know, no one's doing that. Right, right. But, but we do that with everything. It's like with big butts. Let me tell you what, y'all, Listen. Yes, we're making fun of your pancake ass. Like, yes. Like, <laughs> it does look like you slammed yourself up against the wall and you're, you have a flat back. Like, we're concerned about you sitting down and falling off. Like, we don't know how you sit on the toilet. Yes. <laughs> All true things. But stop trying to hurt yourself. Don't put, like, uh, fix a flat in your ass just so that it can be big for somebody to rub on it that, that, that don't even like you. No. Yeah. Like, don't. You have now made your butt more important than your your ability to connect with other human beings. Absolutely. Stop focusing on things that don't make any sense. Yeah. Like it, it and again, it's a myopic thing. Clearly, no one's cracking jokes about you'll have a degree. Because we in our social circle, we don't care. Yeah. Yes, we do make fun of flat butts. We make fun of messed up hair. We make fun of stuff in your teeth. Mm-hmm. We make fun of titties, like like men with breasts. Excuse me, men with breasts. Like you know, we we make fun of all that stuff because we're ignorant. Yeah, but it's only because you're looking at it. No one, no one else cares. No one, your insecurity is highlighted. It has this big old giant sign, and no one else cares about the size of your butt except for your significant other. The third thing is you talk about learning from where you are or the funny thing is like we in society, we oh that's what it was. It was it was you said society tells us what, you know, what we're supposed to have. It keeps us pushing, moving, moving, moving. And I think you're right. You know who. Someone said that we should have this, this and this. You need to have a car. Uh, Let's do men. Men, if you want to get a good woman, you need a car. Uh, A house or an apartment, car, house, apartment, and
1: a job. And to be six foot and to be, I'm being silly, but you know.
0: It's got to be six foot with washboard abs, a beautiful credit score, a body like an Adonis, a face like a God, and then maybe you can date a hood rat. Like, like (laughs) (laughs) maybe then you can date someone who, you know, can't talk without chewing gum. Mm. That's just ridiculous. Who came up with those standards? Mm. I think it's a ridiculous standard. And somebody's are like, no, it's not. He ain't got all this. That's probably why you're single. Just put it out there in the streets. Mm-hmm. That's probably why you're single. You've made this expectation that they have all of these criteria that you don't have. Mm. You ain't seen a six pack since you walked past it at the grocery store. Mm. But you expect this person to have a six pack. Like, we don't know what your real hair looks like, but you want him to be authentic.
1: Or your real face.
0: Uh, First of all, voodoo and spells are real. Like, have you ever watched these days and they look like grim like a like Gollum? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, whoa, how did you get Princess Tiana pretty and you look like Gollum? <laughs> and I know somebody's like, Vicky, that's not right. But some of y'all look like Gollum. Like, don't I have a stomach and I am losing weight, and one day I'm gonna see my belly button again. Like, that's my goal. I'm being real about my situation. You be real about where you are. You have a hump back and you look like Gollum. Idris Elba is not coming for you, boo. He's not. But anyway, I know right, this right, is right. way off topic and I, I, I'm being foolish. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, it's it's one of those things that we set these standards that are unrealistic. And, and you know, the woman you want to pull may not... I don't know you you gotta go with your real target audience know your voice of your customer that's a six sigma term relationships need to be treated like six sigma if you don't know what it is go look it up it's just basically a a, a lean process of organizing and processing things or and creating processes and efficiencies mm-hmm. and the first is the voice of the customer understand what the customer wants understand what she wants or he wants understand you know what you agree to understand that hey I I don't work because there are men out there. I don't work. I borrow your car and drop you off. I screw around, but you can call me boyfriend. You cool with that? Some women absolutely cool with that. Yeah. That's the agreement they have made up. And then they fuss about the whole thing. I can't stand it. The the same is true for women. I'm beautiful. I got a, a big butt, big tits, small waist. And I'm very beautiful and pretty. You may not have never seen my hair or my actual face. And you might not be able to point me out in a lineup if I get caught in the rain. But you get all of this if you have the money, the car, the status, the whatever. And that's the trade-off that people go for. Mm-hmm. So you set your standard. You make the decision about what's what's what. You decide if it's a failure or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because you, that that cliche, you reach for the moon. If you, if you make up on the stars, yay, whatever. My hood version of that would be like, fucking do it. Like, it's all right. Like, yeah. you know, ever try to parallel park and that shit not work out? You keep trying. Yeah. Keep trying to parallel park.
1: Or you give up and go to another parking space. Right. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people yeah. do that all the damn time.
0: <laughs> Raise your hand if you cannot parallel park. Uh, that is me. That is, I saw somebody, a, a friend of mine posted on Facebook. Uh, she said, uh, uh, the worst feeling in the world is having people watch you parallel park. Like, and you know what? For people who can't do it well with the backup camera, that's me. I'm raising my hand. I'm terrible at parallel parking. Like, why are you seven feet away from the curb? Like, (laughs) (laughs) why? Why are you?
1: Not (laughs) you a shack away. Like,
0: why? Why are you in the middle of the road trying to park? (laughs) Like, the the whole, you're going to get whole side swiped. Like, oh my goodness. It is so sad. Like, back up, do it again. Back up, do it again. Like you got the backup camera on and it beeps. There's alerts and sensors. You still got problems. Why? <laughs> so anyway, anyway, that, that 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 was uh that that's just my my stance on it. Yeah, yeah it, I have to. all agree. We're, we're kind of on the same page here. Go out there, be your best self, and yeah. your booty's fine, and and your socks are fine, and your shoes are great, and yeah. you know, and find someone that wants the same things that you do. Yeah decide what you want and don't let society tell you what you want
1: i think i get where you're going because i know you didn't get to finish where you're going i i get it i mean i think i think that's almost i think it's a lot of people if you're being authentically you a lot of times you are peculiar and it's like when you're not trying to follow the status quo you are random you you do things in a different way so even in to bring it back to this person the idea of your depression and like you said there's so many different layers and and I guess you would say versions of depression that you may not be really looking at it from the right point of view. You might be beating yourself up and instead of registering, well, you may beat yourself up because there's things you don't like that you did, but instead of recognizing that, you just go into it and go okay, well I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. And and that's again, I am not a doctor. I have no study or training for this. I'm just saying you might be in a position where instead of looking at it and going okay, I failed and I'm depressed. You may go, well, I messed up, or it didn't work. Okay, it didn't work. What's the next step? Or what am I doing next? Or all right, it didn't work. I'm gonna sit here for the rest of the day, and I'm just gonna veg out. And tomorrow, if I choose to try something else or try it again, I will, and just leave it at that. And it's it's okay. I think we we get into this this rat race, and it's in in everything. Like, I, th- I think that's what makes even our, our crew the way it works. Like, if you were to, and I, I think of everything in video game analogies, that's just how my brain functions. And I don't think of it, I think of it as like the Osu arcades, where it would be like a four player thing, and it would let you pick who you want it to be. And it had meters, like speed, strength, and all these different things. And I'm like, I think of our crew that way. Like, there's different things that we all either really value or, or really excel at. And when you put us all together, our powers combined. I'm just kidding, not Mm -hmm. Captain Planet. But (laughs) it's interesting to me because I noticed how we're all so different, but we can all like meet somewhere in the middle and have certain conversations. And when it's time for something to be serious and heavy, we can get there. But when it needs levity, we can be there as well. And Mm -hmm. we just wanna be completely nonsensical. We're always there for it. And I I think it's amazing. And I think maybe this person just, and obviously I'm inferring this because there's no information there, maybe this person may need to bounce this information off of someone Mm -hmm. because it could just be that they're only taking it in themselves. And I know that's how I was for a long time is even when I had friends around, I didn't want to burden anyone. And some, some people get online, they post stuff like people who, who talk about their problems to other people, people don't care. And I go, I get it. But sometimes it's not about the other person caring as much as just them listening Mm-hmm. and we have to sometimes understand that just sometimes listening does way more than you giving somebody a solution so just looking at them and going okay
0: or asking what do you need from me easy do you, do you want me to help you find a solution do you want me to just listen
1: yeah agree
0: and we can set that agreement I can sit back and listen I, I'm gonna turn turn off all my and I, I can't turn off my solutionizing because it's the way my brain right, works right 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 but I will recognize I'm not gonna give you any of my solution. yeah
1: I'll keep it. Now, if you ask me later, oh, I've goodness. already got it. It's, it's in the it's in the chamber. But if this is what you need to do, cool. Let's let's get
0: there. Yep. So, yep. so yeah, I think that does it for this episode of Pick Truth. Uh, I know it's a little bit of retooling, so I hope we don't lose too many of our listeners. It just still be witty and funny. Uh, so we're gonna try to find our groove over multiple episodes. So, you know, be patient with us, stick with us. We're gonna do something and Just we're going to try to make it work for all of us.
1: Yeah. So just stick with us. We've got a whole lot of ideas. We're just working through everything. We've got some other things planned. Some of those things may be exclusive to Patreon members. You know, we're going to have some other things for our Facebook people and others. So we appreciate you being here.
0: All right. So as always, if you haven't done so already, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We do have a Facebook group titled Pick Truth. So check us out.
1: And please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe.
0: All right. Thanks. Catch you next time.
1: Later. We can't pick truth without you.
0: Send us your truths at picktruthmail at post.com to see if you can bring the heat.